Thank you, Guile. It's good to see and be with old friends and old friends for the first time. I just have a confession real quickly. I was um, doing something called worrying. I don't know if you're familiar about money uh, a while ago. And I, so I took Jesus up on his word and I went outside to look at the flowers. Consider the flowers and the birds. And I went out and all the flowers are dead. <laughs> so I was like, this stinks. And I started to get a little more down. I'm like, well, now I was worrying, but now I'm kind of depressed a little bit. It's like, so then I finally find this chickadee, this brown bird, and I'm like, okay, right on. You're chilled, I'm chill. I'm just going to mirror you, man, right on. God takes care of you. He's got my back. And then this hawk attacks the bird. I'm like, what the? So now... I I just ponder birds of prey, <laughs> eagles, hawks, when I'm really stressed out, pterodactyls. <laughs> if I'm really overwhelmed, I just ponder megalodon, the, that big prehistoric shark. I'm sure he was at peace. I mean, what was his vulnerabilities? Maybe time and gastrointestinal issues, and that was probably it. So, hernia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the laughter, don't you? We read in Scripture, let the righteous serve the Lord with gladness, literally translated laughter. That's interesting. I want to encourage you. You've heard it before. It always bears repeating. Uh, we, and there's always a freedom that takes place in some people when we share this. So some of you just might experience liberation upon this very phrase. We are not all evangelists. You're free. Who likes that sound? You're free. We're not all evangelists, but we are all witnesses. Acts 1, 8, you've been given power. Actually, the words of Jesus, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Power to be witnesses, not extroverts, not power to be someone else. This might sound a little odd, but not even power to be Jesus. but power to be you in Jesus and the power of Jesus to be in you. Jesus is Jesus. You're not. We're made in the image and likeness of Jesus, and we're continually being transformed into his image. But what if first and foremost, Jesus just really wants you to be you in him and him in you? How does that feel? I like to say you are light among many things. You are light, seed, and witness. Oh, you can take my picture up there. That's kind of odd. <laughs> That's, could you just like put up Megalodon or something else? But just get my face off that if you don't mind. That's, I just saw, I'm like, wow, that's weird. <laughs> that's really weird. Welcome to me. Gross. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cue the random people raising their hands. <laughs> when in doubt, pull up the people on the beach raising their hands. Cue it. It'll diffuse the situation. <laughs> so I like to say, among many things, that you are light, seed, and witness through the poetry of practical living. You are light, seed, and witness through the poetry of practical living. What if this is realized not just through your words, but through your physical presence, your behavior, and actions? Among many things, we are light, seed, and witness through the poetry of practical living. As St. Francis said, it's no use walking anywhere to preach unless our walking is our preaching. What is your walking, your living preach? As I like to say, you are a witness of the way on the way. Isn't it interesting throughout the Gospels you read in some form or fashion, and as they were on the way too, and so much stuff happened on the way. It's really wild. You know, go therefore and make disciples. I used to think 
uh, that meant wherever I am, I can't be there because I'm supposed to go. And it just drove me nuts. I was paranoid. But I translate, it really means journey. I like to say live, live. And as you live, make disciples with the way you live. And it's interesting, I was pondering years ago, Jesus, did, did you ever describe witnessing? What is witness anyway? Well, uh, John three eleven, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus the Pharisee. He says, truly, I say to you, we speak that which we know, and we bear witness of that which we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. We speak of what we know, we testify of what we've seen, and you do not receive our witness. That's witnessing, in a sense. I want to encourage you with something. All of you in this room are excellent at witnessing. You don't lack a thing. And here's the proof. This past week... How many of you, I'm going to go over here now. (laughs) Hey, man. How many of you told someone else about a movie you saw, some food you ate, an experience you had, a chat you had with someone else? You told someone how you were feeling, what you were reading, what you posted on social media. Who did that this past week at least once? What you did was witness. You're an excellent witnesser. You are a living witness. You spoke of what you saw. You testified of what you've seen. Did they receive your witness? Did they unlike you? So what if now that's already a done deal? You're an excellent witness. Now the, the question is of whom? You are embodied light, my friends. You are light in the Lord. You were once darkness, as Paul said in Ephesians 5.8. But now you are light in the Lord. Therefore, walk as children of light. Paul states in Philippians 2.15 that to this crooked... This is so wild. All of heaven sees that we are light. Jesus, the light of the world, turns and then says, you are light. You are light in the Lord. Paul even says to this crooked and perverse generation, you appear as lights in this world. The question is, so here we have heaven saying you're light, hell, in a sense, saying you're light, the world recognizing you as light. The question is, do you? Do you really, what would it look like for you and I to embrace this mystical, supernatural, natural thing about your essence in Christ, you who are joined to the Lord and you are one spirit? And he says, Ellen, you are light in the Lord. And you know what that means? Everywhere you go, you own the atmosphere. That's not egotistical. That's a natural. Look at the net. God uses the natural to reveal the supernatural. Look, there's no debate or discourse with darkness. Where light is, darkness diminishes or goes away altogether. And don't we read in the Gospel of John, this light has come into the world and the darkness could not comprehend it, could not overtake it, could not overpower it. I get emotional over that. Wow. And then I see my brother John... And now this light has come into the world and the light has come into John and darkness cannot overpower John, cannot overcome John, cannot overtake him. He's light in the Lord. My wife and family, we were all ministering in Brooklyn last week after we were taking care and loving on this one woman in the subway. We got on the subway and this girl says, oh my gosh, you guys are so full of light and energy. Seriously, that happened. What if it's real? It is real. What if you believe it's real and you view yourself as everyone else views you anyway? You're emanating. You know what? Neuroscientifically right now and physiologically, your heart is emanating an electromagnetic frequency that reaches out 8 to 12 feet. Truly out of the heart flow the issues of life. Just like to stand next to people and... Are you feeling that, man? (laughs) And they're like, no. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Thanks for your honesty. (laughs) Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men 
that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's interesting. I'm going to come back to that. But the message paraphrase puts it this way. This is, this is pretty cool. You ready? This, this, is how, this is how it begins uh, in the message paraphrase, Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Jesus saying, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? No, I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. You are here to be light. As one guy once said, as far as we can discern, the sole purpose of human existence is to kindle the light of meaning in the darkness of mere being. You show up and there's darkness. Remember Paul said, we were once darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. And you show up and you're just with, with someone and you're, and you're exuding presence right now. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my brother. I don't know him. This is the first time I've seen this original idea of God's. Dude, you rock, man. So amazing. This is the glory of God, right? And, and, and there is literally, if we could see, peel back the veil, there's love coming from me to this guy. And if we pay attention... It's real. Right, dude? Isn't that good, man? This stuff is real. Can you, can you imagine what it was like just to be in the physical presence of Jesus? Just sitting there. He was truly a most dangerous dinner guest. Every time at the table, someone will be exalted, someone humbled, miracled. I mean, you know, we wouldn't it be great to have Jesus over? Yeah, but get ready. apparently he knows everything. (laughs) Do you want that guy over? (laughs) I think the answer is yes. My closest experience is my wife. She knows everything. Good grief. Unforced rhythms of grace, your light seed and witness through the poetry of practical living. Scripture tells us the righteous is a guide to his neighbor. Over COVID, quick story. I'm not going to share a lot of stories because we all have them, okay? Just where Jesus is, stuff happens. But the righteous is a guide to his neighbor. Over COVID, over a year and a half period, we led our neighbors all to the Lord. Uh, it's a long story, but after we did this, because he came up, we were having a worship service out in the park during COVID, and he came up with tears, and it took progressive. They, they would watch us worship from their window of the, their house, then they were just inside their yard, and then they kept moving, because we were like, and they just kept, like, every day, or when we would do that once a week, they would just move closer. Then they're on the fence, literally, <laughs> and then, figuratively, and then the next thing you know, they're out with us in the park. But it took, it was like this slow progression. They give their lives to Christ. But this guy, Lewis, <laughs> such a great dude, he said something really wild. Now remember, the righteous is a guide to his neighbor. So they moved in. The first day they moved in, welcome wagon, we bring them sauces and cheese. That's what you do. And maybe cheesecake. And everything's cool. And then, and then we're just paying attention to him. I'm outside and Lewis is, hey, Lewis, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm not feeling good. Dude, let me pray for you. I'm gonna hug him and... We bless him and find out on Facebook he lost his job. We've got to give him money. Let's go. We're just being neighbors. After he, they gave their lives to Christ, he pulled me and Chris aside and he said, I've got to tell you something that you don't know. I'm like, what? And I have to change the language because he was rather colorful. <laughs> he said, we would watch you out our window. We would watch you. I, I want you to know you're being watched. And he, he said, and I would say to Lisa, why is he so bleeping happy? <laughs> and he said, we'd watch again. He said, Lisa, there he is. Look. Why is he so happy? Here's the thing, I didn't know they were watching. 
but you're being watched. You're being read, my friend. You're a walking letter. You are workmanship in Christ Jesus. That word workmanship in Greek, most of us would know, is poem, poema, poem. People are reading you all the time. What are they reading from you? Before you ever speak, what does your presence bear? Even last week in Brooklyn, can I share another story real quickly? Just, a, just the poetry of practical living. My son Samuel and I are sitting on the stoop because that's what you do in the Bronx. You sit on the stoop, and we're sitting on the stoop. And three doors down is a drug dealer. It was clear that's what they're doing. And one of the guys, 65-year-old dude, bam, passes out, hits his head on the car and then the concrete. Motionless. And all the other guys are just yelling at him to get up. No one's helping him. Sam and I leap off the stoop, go to help this guy, slowly turn him on, over on his side. I get emotional. <laughs> and I'm holding this man's head as blood and spits coming out of his mouth. And I'm just saying, Jesus, light, life, let there be life. Jesus, light. Sam is saying, someone call 911. Finally, the drug dealer does. They come, shoot that Narcon, whatever it is, up the guy's nose. Long story short, he recovers. He, they take him away. And I go, Sam and I go back into our apartment. And this is, the, see, this is the thing. This is the invitation. Oftentimes, I just, I, I don't know, I'm not going to put this on you. Oftentimes, I live unconsciously. I, I really believe, you know, what if life is a journey in Christ of learning to wake up before you die? Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and the light of Christ will illuminate you. That's not just once. That's again and again and again. I want to wake up. And so we take care of this moment, and I go back to the apartment. I'm like, and I woke up. I'm like, wait a minute. I got to share the gospel. And I go back, and they're still there all freaking out. And we share the gospel. And yeah, they're high as kites, except the drug dealer. <laughs> We're hugging, though, and loving on each other. And I, and I said one thing that just freaked out the drug dealer. I said, when I approached, I said, well, guys, how you doing? And, oh, man, this is crazy. And, yeah. And I said, we're not promised the next five minutes, are we? They're like, no, no, no. I'm like, I just want you to know, I pointed to the drug dealer, the air in your lungs right now is borrowed breath. That belongs to Jesus, and he gave it to you. And he's like, damn! <laughs> I never heard that before! And he's grabbing his chest. He's like, oh, did you hear that? Uh, sorry, that's what he said. <laughs> and shared the gospel. Give your lives to Christ. Do it. Did they? I have no clue. It doesn't matter. I just obeyed. We'll talk about that more. But we were best friends for the rest of the week. It was awesome, man. I'd get out on the stoop. Dude, I go hug, tell him more about Jesus, speak into his life. People follow you, dude. There is a gift there. It's just tainted by darkness. You see, we wonder or we objectify, we contemplate or exploit. I want to wonder about people and objectify. Hey, you know what? Psalm 25, 8 says this, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, because God is so good, you know what he does with sinners? He instructs sinners in the way. That's what it says. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. What is God doing with sinners? Instructing them. His main mode of instruction, you. Your life. How you live. You're being watched. You're being read. You're being, you're, you're being inhaled. You are a fragrance of Christ Jesus. To some, the fragrance of life. To others, the fragrance of death. It's happening all the time. That's the thing. I, this should be encouraging. Jesus said, the harvest is ripe. 
We don't have to look for up. It's all around us, especially up here on the streets of New York, but it's all around us. But the invitation, I wonder, among many is to wake up to this reality of you are being observed and calculated and read. You are being witnessed of by others. You, a living witness of Christ, are being witnessed of before you ever speak. We're light, seed, and witness through the poetry of practical living. Seed. In Matthew 13, 38, Jesus explains the parable of the sower, saying the field is the world. Uh, did I put like four syllables? And That was really wild. <laughs> the field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. One translation said the good seed is the sons and daughters of the rain. You know what that means? Wherever you are, you're always light and seed. You're seed right there. You don't have to like where you are, right? But you're still a seed nonetheless. And it's there you get to die again and bear fruit. You get to die to your own ways, die to your own will, die to your own self and say, thy, thy kingdom come right here. Where you planted me, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in this gas station, on earth as it is on this stoop in Brooklyn, on earth as it is in my home, at work, at the park, at the pool, at school. I'm a seed right here. And God again bids you come and die so that I may live through you right here. <laughs> that is so exciting. And it's interesting. What did Jesus tell his disciples in us to actually say? Jesus said in Luke 24, 47, that in his name, repentance, change your mind, think again, have a change of heart, that in his name, a radical change of thought and life should be preached. And forgiveness of sins, not sin, forgiveness of sins. Not sin. We don't preach sin to the lost. We preach the good news, the happy news of happiness. And part of that is from Paul in Corinthians who says, God has not counted your sins against you. <laughs> That's good news. I led a na uh, an English naval cadet to the Lord on a bridge with that phrase. Hey, dude, we just walked past you. Dude. Have you ever heard this before? God has not counted your sins against you. Like, no. I'm like, why not? I just, all I've heard is that I'm bad and then I'm going to go to hell. And I'm like, oh. that angers me. That's not good news. And we just recently talked a few months ago. So he told him to say, hey, man, preach forgiveness of sins. In Matthew 10, 7, 8, Jesus said, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Interesting. So if there's any script, which there really is no fundamental script, so to speak. I mean, there is, there is the gospel, but then it can, it can manifest differently through guile and his wife and on and on it goes. But I like how Jesus, if anything, you want to get a little more clarity. He says, hey, preach that there's a new kingdom, a new realm, a new life to have from a new place. And preach forgiveness of sins. You are forgiven right now. You are forgiven. You can step into that. And then heal people. That sounds like good news. The first time I heard the gospel, I was in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, working radio, and a guy came in and said, uh, do you believe in God? I said, well, you know, I kind of, like, believe in God or go to hell. And I said, well, I'm, I'm having trouble with that. That's, that's... And he just walked out. He didn't even want to talk. That was the first time I heard the gospel. And then I want to encourage you with this. You know, so those are some of the things Jesus told us to share that we can share, however it may look through you. And then we have the word of the cross and the word of reconciliation. First uh, Corinthians one eighteen for the word or the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing to those who are being saved. It is the power of God. 
But I want you, everyone look at me, please. I want to encourage you with something, a couple things. Number one, the world hates you. So just receive that. Just be encouraged with that. They hate you, you who belong to the Lord. And then another encouraging word, you're an idiot. You are a fool for Christ. The world sees you as absolute idiots. Do you realize that? We have no reputation to prove. I'm already an absolute moron in the eyes of the world. I am free. And you get to be free too. Everyone repeat after me. In the Lord. Lord. I'm an idiot. In the eyes of the world. I've had people say that, man, you are such a bleepy bleep. I'm like, you're right. According to you, <laughs> and how this works out, yeah. That's God, said, God said you would think that about me, actually. You feel the freedom in that? You have no reputation anymore. Just as Jesus emptied himself and made himself of no reputation, but took the form of a servant. That's what you and I, I've got nothing to prove anymore. I'm done with that. I'm light. You're light. You're love. You're seed. You're witness through, through the poetry of practical living. It's so wonderfully simple. The Lord preserves the simple. I like the encouragement from Charles Spurgeon. He is alive, and we have only to preach his gospel in all its simplicity, and the power that goes with it will be evidence of its divinity. It's foolishness. This message, the word of the cross, is foolishness. And in one hand, it's so simple that when it works, it proves the dynamite behind it. That it truly is the power of God for those who are being saved. And then according to 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and through 21, we are new creation ambassadors with a message and ministry of reconciliation. Be reconciled to God. Well, what does reconciliation imply? If someone told me to be reconciled to this guy right here, who we don't really know each other, right? Okay. If someone said, hey, be reconciled, that would imply we had a former state of bliss. What's to reconcile? I don't, there's, there's been no break. So reconciliation is this idea of come back to your, the former state of bliss God has for you and had in the very beginning. Come back home. Please. That's it. Be reconciled. Are we good? So now this is really wild. In Acts 10, 36 through 44, now you have the Gentiles hear the good news for the first time through Peter. And it's amazing to see the simplicity of it. And I'm just going to highlight the essential facts about, uh, out of this gospel that Peter shared. Here's the gospel going into the Gentiles now. In verse 36, Peter makes sure to mention that God sent the sons of Israel to preach peace. The gospel to peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that interesting? When's... Whoever heard the gospel, had the gospel preached to you, who here had that person approach you by first saying, hey, man, this is the gospel of peace? I never had that experience on the receiving end. Who, Who hasn't had that? Who didn't have that experience? Raise your hands. Hi. No, I mean hi. I'm not saying hi. That's egregious to me. So he, is, he first establishes that, and then, he, and then these are the highlights. Jesus was sent by God. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He's sharing the gospel to the Gentiles, talking about Christ brings peace. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He was crucified. God raised him up. He's the judge of the living and the dead. He's coming back to judge. Put your trust in him and receive forgiveness of sins. 
And what's interesting, actually, <laughs> verse 44 says, it reads this, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who were listening to the message. The Holy Spirit was just like, and now! <laughs> just the simplicity of it. You know what's missing from that message? The mention of heaven and the mention of hell. You don't find it in that gospel presentation. Interesting. Because maybe what if the focus really is Jesus and what he is here right now to do for you, what he has done, what he wants to bring you into. And then he does say something interesting. He does mention judgment, which I think makes sense. And here's why. Because we all are familiar with judgment. We live in a judicial world. We all have been judged. We all have judged. We know that. And yes, you and I will be judged for how we have lived our lives. That's coming. And to be honest, that strikes a proper fear of God in me. And I like that. I was reading this this morning, and I had this. And what I mean by the fear is like this, oh, you are God, and I am not. And I thank God we have an advocate in Christ Jesus. And that our judgment will be one of reward, recompense. Thank God. And there's a humility that comes with it and a reminder of, but by the grace of God, I am in serious trouble. Amen? So sometimes we, are, are, are we good? It's 1118. <clears throat> uh, it's just our human tendency to ponder success and numbers and to calculate when we're doing good and we're, you know, rack it up. The stats, the resume. So what is success in this living witness stuff? I really think success is just one word. Obedience. I wonder if that's the only thing we can actually calculate. When I share my faith to someone and I can say possibly they gave their lives to Christ, you know what? I really don't know. Maybe they received it with joy. And the riches of this world and the deceitfulness of riches in the world will choke it. I don't know. And I don't really have to know. I can journey with them and then eventually we'll know. Then we see fruit and transformations. Like, all right, yeah, right on. Jesus is your Lord. But initially, I don't know a person's heart. Do you? All I know is they have made a profession. And man, let's go. So what if success is just obedience? As Curry Blake said, uh, who, the guy who inherited John G. Lake's ministry, I'd rather obey without results than disobey without results. <laughs> just fling yourself out there. I was taking a walk. We used to live in Indianapolis when I was on K-Love and uh, taking a walk through a fancy neighborhood. Not ours. This was a different neighborhood. And um, I'm walking and I felt, just by I felt like God said, I want you to go up to that house, knock on the door and pray for whoever opens. My first response was a divine no. <laughs> I mean, it, my first response was no. And do you know why? Because the flesh will usually bark first and that's okay. Let it bark. And God knows that. I'm like, no. Oh, that's scary. He's like, Craig. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I go up to the door. It's Sunday. NFL, Indianapolis. It's a big day. You don't enter the shrine of anyone on NFL Sunday in Indianapolis. Knock on the door. Long time. This guy opens up. I hear the game in the background. He's got a beer. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hey. Uh, I'm just taking a walk, and uh, is there anything I can pray for you today? <laughs> nope. And that was it. And I walk away. I'm like, Lord, that's kind of, what's up? 
And I'm just saying, by faith, in my heart, this is the image I had, I saw God and Jesus laughing <laughs> at me. And, I'm like, and I start laughing. I'm like, guys, <laughs> what's up? And I honestly felt like Jesus said, we just wanted to see if you would do it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, all right. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but you know what I walked away with? Joy and intimacy with my father. Friends, what if an invitation to obedience is really on the mind of God, an invitation to intimacy? And that's it. Whatever else happens after, so be it. But he's just like, I, I so want you to know me more. And I want you to know yourself more in me. So I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to invite you to do this. And what is on my mind, God says, well, I just want to know you. And I really want you to know me. I want you to understand me more. I want you to understand you in me more. That Jesus is God's mind made up about you. That Jesus is the life and the blueprint of your design. So no wonder we read in Scripture a good understanding have all those who do His commandments. A good, who here wants understanding? Now we read in 1 John, Jesus came and gave us understanding that we might know him who is true and that we are in him who is true. But it's continually unfolding. Remember these three words. All you are ever doing with your life is learning, practicing, and becoming. Learning, practicing, and becoming. This invitation of obedience when it comes to being living witnesses and anything from doing the dishes to raising the dead, if it's the will of God that pays the same. So this invitation to obedience is another invitation to deep intimacy. A good, I want to understand you, I want to know you, right? We cry out for that. So what do we do? We read and study, and that's all good. But then somewhere along the way, action. Contemplation always precedes action. If there's no action, that's really not true contemplation. A good understanding have those who do, who obey. Let me highlight it with Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. It's the Spirit's resting on the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And then verse 3 reads this way. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. All of these spirits, wisdom, understanding, the Lord, counsel, strength, knowledge, fear of the Lord. And I just think it's interesting. The one, according to this text, that he delights in is the fear of the Lord. You know what that means in my studies up to this point of my journey so far of my 55 years of life? It's a big disclaimer. It pretty much means this. He just loved joyfully doing what his father wanted him to do. That's what the fear of the Lord is. He delighted in doing his father's will. I have food you know not of. Another translation of that scripture has Jesus saying, every time I do the will of my father, I have a kingdom feast. <laughs> you've experienced that, right? When you've done something and you inexplicably kind of feel full. Have you experienced? It's kind of weird. Why do I feel f not hungry right now? Because you just feasted on throne room realities, true food and true Jesus, the bread of heaven. You just packed your spiritual gullet with God. I want to share one more story with you, and then we're going to move on. Is that okay, Kyle? 
because Guile has got this dance he wants to do, so. <laughs> Can't wait. You better get changed back there. I saw your, your unitard. <laughs> That's the first time I've used that word, I think, in like 30 years, maybe. Unitard. Um, it's a, no, there's a unitard. There's leotard and unitards. There, there are. Um, why am I talking about this, right? This is, I'm so sorry. Rabbit trail, we're back on track. I just wonder if, what, what if everything in our lives that shows up just wants to be listened to first? What if everything that shows up in our lives, some circumstances, emotions, thoughts, people, just wants to be listened to first? Listened to. Alice Freiling, spiritual director, says, listening is indistinguishable from love, and love heals. Even God said, wrote, said, someone else wrote it, he said it, Isaiah 55, 3, pay attention, come to me, listen so your soul may live. What if true living, what precedes true living is listening, walking around with wonder and being awake and, and choosing to be more conscious about where you are and who's in your presence and you're actually listening and paying attention? So I'm walking down the street at, at the art crawl, <clears throat> and all of a sudden, this woman joins me. Why? Because I'm light in the Lord. Why wouldn't she? I would want to join light. And she starts walking with me, and I'm like, you know, on your left. Hey. <laughs> I have a joke real quickly. A narcissistic bicyclist says, on your right. Do you get it? You didn't get that? You didn't, did you get that joke? Guile, did you get that? No. When a bicycle is riding by you, now I have to clarify this. When a bicycle is, is riding by you as you're walking, he says on your left, because he's going to pass your left. I say a narcissistic bicyclist says on your right. I'm on, you're on my right. I totally blew that joke. <laughs> Guile's just staring at me like, please. Okay. So, let's get back on track. Sorry. Um, the lady's walking with me, and now I'm just going to be very honest with how she spoke to me. It's clean, but this is real life. And I'm like, how you doing? She goes, oh, well, I'm woman, I'm black, and I'm a lesbian. I said, well, are you hungry? She said, yeah, I'm that too. I'm like, well, let's get something to eat. So we go to this barbecue restaurant that has a three-hour wait. <laughs> so we end up at this fancy restaurant downtown. And we walk in, and there's some friends there. We, we engage this with wisdom. I tell the friends, hey, here's what's going on. Cool, we got you, man. That's good. Cool. And we sit down at this table that's more like a lot of people can sit there, right? It's not a private table. She sits across from me, and she orders cedar plank smoked salmon, a Long Island iced tea with no ice because, as she said, ice is an alcohol stealer. <laughs> and we start to eat, and I start to wonder and contemplate and listen. And she's sharing her story. And a guy from Afghanistan joins me to my right, named B. And he just dives right in, listening, asking questions. Then he offers $60 to help pay for the meal. And there's something happening at this table. You can sense the presence of God amidst the salmon and the Long Island iced tea. She's, and she does this. (sighs) 
she bows her head. And she says, you're making me feel human. You're making me feel human. One of my favorite descriptions of Jesus from the Pharisees in the Gospel of Luke. They describe Jesus like this. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. What would it look like for you to do that with your life? Metaphorically, literally, proverbially, however to live a life in such a way that you welcome others into the presence of God and feast on Jesus to the point where they recognize their own humanity. Oh my God, I feel human. And now we can talk. Let's talk about why you're human and whose idea you are. Amen. Guile's going to come up. I'm going to ask my wife, Christine, if you could get those vials of oil, please, in my bag, and just line, yeah, yeah, and just line them up on the stage. We're not going to do this yet, but before we continue, I'm just going to put the elders, Hutchins, Bohans, all my friends, you know, on alert. We're going to have a, a, a specific intentional ministry time, and I'm going to unpack that uh, a little later. So I just wanted the elders and the prayer teams, and my friends, you know who you are, to be ready. Thanks, Craig. So, Laura, if you'd come up. So in this moment, I, I hope you can feel like I can in a sense the presence of the Holy Spirit with us, and we're just going to honor him. Um, but, Laura, would you share the word just as the Lord gives it to you. It's a simple word. Um, and maybe it might even help if you want to just close your eyes. Um, whatever the Lord leads you to do. Just to imagine that a couple of years ago, Jesus wanted to speak to us. And the best is we, as a team, have been able to discern what the Holy Spirit's saying. So yeah, let's do this now. So Lord, would you share it with us, please? This is what I feel like the Lord shared to me, and I just want to joyfully share it with you this morning. Out, 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 out. 
When his spirit comes, that is how he wants us positioned. And it is coming. And we joyfully, joyfully go out. Jesus, would you please watch over that word, Father God, to perform it in our lives. So I'm going to ask the uh, prayer people, elders, my friends, any of you who want to, to come up here uh, now, please. <laughs> I've got vials. I think we have about 12 vials of oil. This oil is uh, frankincense, myrrh, and spikenard with a little of olive oil. There's room up here. Come on over. And I'm so thankful. Uh, from my understanding, there are numerous students here. Am I right? Like back in session? Yeah. All oh, right. There's one. Cool. <laughs> Numerous. <laughs> I failed math. Sorry. I think this is, I, I'm intrigued to s kind of s do this and allow you to enter into your school year this way. Because I know there could be pressure on the young folks, you know, go change the world. I get that. But what if we flip it? Why don't you just be a world of change to the person in front of you? <laughs> How about we just flip it? I can't change my tire for Pete's sake. And this is how this is going to go down. And we could take all the time we want. But this is intentional ministry. It's like I felt like the Lord wants us to do this. And it's based on Psalm 51, David's psalm of repentance. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. In Hebrew, that word joy literally means laughter. <clears throat> Restore to me the laughter of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. This is David, a man after God's own heart, saying, Lord, sustain me with a willing spirit. Elsewhere in Scripture, he simply says, Lord, make me do your will. And then it's interesting. After this oil of joy, this restoration of, of the joy of God's salvation and this sustaining of the willing spirit, that's when David says, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted unto thee. That's the idea of what Jesus, hey, go teach everyone what I taught you, make disciples. I will, it's what God does. Remember, good, good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. It's so interesting that according to the scriptural text, what precedes it is joy. That kind of makes sense, doesn't it? And how many of us can be honest? Sometimes it seems quite depleted. And sometimes not present at all. And that's okay. Do you know why? It's because you're allowed to be fully human. But I want you to know something. We live in a world that by its very nature of the worldliness cannot bless you. We get to bless each other. We get to bless the world. Jesus went about doing good. I think one of the primary ways we begin that is just the next person you see, just bless them. I bless you. You're living in a world that curses you, and I, I, I'm here to bless you right now. I bless you. What's your name? I bless you. God bless you. I bless you. And you start there. And so we're going to play a party song. And if you want to get your kids in here, get them in. But this is not a time of counsel. This is not a time of deep prayer moments. This is simply a time of getting slathered in the butterfat of God. We're going to anoint you with his oil and pray that the Lord will restore the joy and the laughter and the mirth of his salvation. And out of that will come a sustenance of your spirit. And then you will go, as Laura said, and teach transgressors his ways by the very way you live your life. Amen? 
And so we've got oil. Crack those things open already. Might be a little greasy. Get your hands all good and gooped up. Pass them down. And just keep, keep the vials on here, yeah? Okay? And then we're going to celebrate. And then those of you who want to be simply anointed with the oil of joy, the oil of mirth, the oil of laughter, uh, feel free to come forward, all right? Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We do humbly request for the continuation of your manifestation given to each for the common good. I pray, Heavenly Father, for liberation of minds, the renewing of the spirits of minds, even if there is some oppression and depression, that it would lift under your healing oil, under your oil of joy, that you would liberate people deep in their spirits, souls, and bodies, Heavenly Father. We are your people. We are sons and daughters of the rain. Jesus came that we might not have life, but also joy. We thank you that in your presence, Lord, is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures. Of course, in his presence is joy. It'll look however you want it to look. But Holy Spirit, the kingdom of heaven is within you. That is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Please liberate us to greater degrees that we would wake up before we die. We would wake up in Christ, that you would shine, you would illuminate, you would tickle us inside and cause us to laugh like children with childlike faith. We welcome your presence. You are always here, and we welcome your manifestation in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Yeah, yeah let's stand up. Let's sing these corny songs in joy. And if we, these words are hard to sing, so let's sing them in faith until we actually believe them. Yeah, and if you want to come up and be anointed, do that during this song. Yeah, here we go.
Senhor,